Coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon and LaShawn Daniels back together. It's been a while. We talk Iowa football with you, getting ready for the bowl matchup against Kentucky in the Music City Bowl and the craziness that is the transfer portal. We'll talk about that. We'll take a look forward to the football program. And, of course, a big win by basketball last night as Iowa gets it done over Iowa State without Chris Murray. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. LaShawn. What's happening, man? We missed each other for a while here, and there's a there's been some changes since we talked last in the football <laughs> program. What's up? Yeah, no, not much. I mean, yeah, it's it's been a been a, what couple weeks now. Um, yeah. A lot of things have happened, a uh, bunch of craziness, um, both from the end of the season to now getting in the off season in the transfer portal, and um, as well as the bowl games. So it's been a lot of wildness that's been going on. Excitement around everything that's happened, but uh, still all wild nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, yeah, we, of course, had the loss to Nebraska, the Black Friday loss, as Iowa gets behind early in the game. Spencer Petras goes down. Alex Padilla tries to lead them back. And you know what? That overturn call when Regagini made the play, was that who was up on the sideline? And they said incomplete. How can you overturn It might have been that? Arlen. It, it Arlen. was Arlen. It was Arlen, yeah. 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 And, uh and how do you overturn that? But put that aside. Look, <laughs> to, to get down in that fashion, it was so incredibly frustrating. And this is something you can speak very well to, obviously, as a former Hawkeye player. You know, the even-keeled nature of the program. Never get too high. Never get too low. It leads to a lot of good moments. It leads to what I was able to do, pulling themselves after the three consecutive losses out and win four straight. But also... And there's so much in that game. There's so much on the line. You can get back to Indianapolis. You can win a division title. You can do all these things. You can keep the thumb on your rival, Nebraska. All these things. And then to just come out flat. What is it as a player? In, in the Iowa Pro, I think we've most everybody's played on a team. And, yeah, there's going to be those days that you play. You come out flat. A lot of times there's not a whole lot for it. But just the nature of the Iowa program. What is that like when you had one of those games where you could tell from the get-go, boy, uh, we we're gonna have to come up with something today because we, for whatever reason, just don't have it. Yeah, it's it's frustrating from everyone. I mean, uh, coaches are upset, players are upset. Everyone's trying to uh, really kind of press to get some kind of momentum, get things kind of going on your side, and nothing's working. And you're really just kind of you're searching for someone to make a play or for something good to happen. Uh, and it can be very, very frustrating as a team. And as you said, right, you try to stay as even keel as possible. And when you get in those moments and you get in those games, it can be tough to to keep it that way. 
Because mm-hmm. again, everyone's trying to press. Everyone wants to make a play or the play that's going to be the game, the game changer. And then, you know, get some people kind of out of their jobs doing things that, uh, you know, not focusing on the things that they need to be focusing on and trying to cover for other people and things like that. And kind of saw it in the Nebraska, Nebraska game in that first half. And it's part of the reason why I got down uh, big so early. And I see, you know, we try to come back in that second half, but when you get down like that um, and you get away from doing the things that you do best, trying to make that up and come back from that is, is tough. And you, even if you're going against, you know, not a not great uh, Nebraska football team, uh, it's still tough in division one football, especially within your division and you're trying to win a, win a, a division title. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating for everyone involved. Everyone gets upset. I mean, the conversations on the sideline and in the locker room are definitely heightened <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, people just try to press and, you know, you get, sometimes you just get those results that you have against Nebraska. Um, and there's not really too much you can really do about it. Um, I see there's the coaches and stuff. They try to keep it, um, you know, as contained as possible, but sometimes, you know, everyone, people, there's individuals, um, and everyone's different and teams react differently. And, you know, there's not really too much rhyme and reason for it. Let's, uh, take it to this level. So you're playing, come out, don't play well in the first half. Kirk is a very stoic guy. Now we know he'll dress down officials. We've seen that plenty on the sideline and, (laughs) And he might have a choice word or two. Uh, I've heard plenty of uh, my buddies that played in the program or people that have been around the program that say there's some language that flies around on the practice field and he'll let guys have it. <laughs> Let's go inside the locker room, the, the halftime locker room and the Black Friday game against Nebraska. What do you think it was like? Were there moments for you where it was the paint was peeling on the walls or is it, again, that same kind of nature? Yeah, he might holler a little bit, but ultimately it's about kind of just keeping things even keel and, and see if we can go out there and work and clean a few things up. Uh, <laughs> so coach Kirk Ferentz is definitely the more even kill type person, right? He'll definitely, he'll definitely uh, ramp up the intensity. Um, you know, when we get in the locker room a little bit, but a lot of times it came from the position coaches and the coordinators were the ones that, really kind of uh, laid into us at halftime. Um, I mean, I think uh, Coach Brian's been a lot more chill now that he's been um, offensive coordinator kind of over the years. But when he was a line coach, <laughs> we got in that, lo- that locker room and we were having essentially a half that Iowa had against Nebraska. Like, it would just, just rip into us. Like, everyone's quiet and he's just going off about – this and that, uh, O-line needs to effing block, backs need to hit the hole, all different types of things. Um, so, yeah, so usually that type of commentary came from, you know, position coaches and the coordinators, not so much uh, Coach Ferentz. And Coach Ferentz would still, it would still lay into us pretty good, um, you know, right before we go out of half, but, you know, really kind of focused on just getting our energy back up, feeling that confidence back in us. Just like, Hey, it's our game. Um, you just go out there, do what we do best and you know, things will take care of itself. So 
that's kind of usually how the locker room conversations went. And sometimes they helped, sometimes they didn't. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I got plenty of stories about uh, Brian just going off in the locker room at halftime. So, well, we'll, we'll save those for the summertime, right? When we're need, yeah. need a little more content, we'll we'll get into some of those fun <laughs> stories uh, coming up here on the podcast. Coming up, we're also going to talk about some changes inside the locker room as it pertains to personnel. Obviously, wide receiver remains a need position. Cade McNamara, the Iowa quarterback of the future, the former Michigan QB, he will be coming in next season. We'll talk about that. Get LaShawn's thoughts on the transfer portal, what's happening, NIL, and everything else. That's as we continue here. On Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, great resource for you sports gamblers out there like myself, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer. We're down to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Esports, they got it all with Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you'll find those as well on Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. Head to the website today or just hop on your phone, your tablet. You can learn more there. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trent Cattle, LaShawn Daniels, back with you again here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Continue to grow that subscriber base on YouTube as we continue to push the numbers up there. A big thank you to everybody that has made that possible uh, throughout the past few months here as we put a cap on football season. There is still a bowl game in front of us, but LaShawn, as you know, the big news right now, the big conversation is about what is going to make up of this roster being going forward? Cade McNamara, he will be the new quarterback next year, coming off a, a knee surgery that he had. You hope that even if he's not ready to go for spring practice, at minimum that he's out there being able to go through summer workouts and working with guys. But he's out there recruiting right now. Did you have a guy like that? I mean, was there a quarterback that was reaching out to you that was trying to get you to commit to Iowa or when you were looking at BC, you know, things like that? Because you hear especially the way that just the, the structure is in college football at the high school level, guys, quarterbacks usually kind of are some of the first guys to commit and then they become recruiters as well. Did you have any stories of that? Uh, not of quarterbacks. Um, I'm trying to think. I know like there was, remember there was another running back when I was committed to BC. Uh, like we were pretty tight uh, with each other and, um, Obviously, planning to go to BC at the time, and um, you know we talk all the time, and um, you know just kind of recruiting each other, just make sure like, hey, like, like what are you planning? Obviously, you know you see you got other offers now and different things like that. And then, uh, you know, when I got my offer to Iowa, I had taken an official visit when I took my official, and then kind of connected with the guys, a bunch of guys that were on that official visit because it was a big official visit weekend because. That year, they didn't make the have a bowl game, so people had a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> that like kind of all season after after the season, um, and you know, kind of connected with a bunch of guys that were already committed to Iowa, and a bunch of them uh, kind of started forming those connections. Then just reaching out, like, "Hey, you should come here," <laughs> um, uh, and <laughs> things like that. So it was uh, not as crazy, um, but. Uh, 
you know, you still connected with a bunch of, you know, the recruits that are in your class, um, always kind of texting you, you have your group chats and it's like, Hey, like, make sure that you guys come here. Like we're planning on doing big things and, um, you know, we can obviously be a change to, uh, the program and help it get to where they want to go. So, um, not quite at the level that it's at right now, but definitely some yeah. recruiting like within uh, some of the commits and, and within that class. So. so right now you have Eric All. He was his tight end a year ago, McNamara's tight end a season mm-hmm. ago. He's with him on the official visit, so they're going through that. Uh, saw everybody making their way to the basketball game last night, so you get to do that part of it. If it falls on a weekend where there's a big home game, you'll have that a part in that component that goes into the recruiting visit. But need more than just a tight end, right? It's still about wide receivers here. If if you got the call, Kirk, Brian says, hey, we're looking at receivers. How many should we bring in? How many transfer wide receivers? Two, three, four. It's going to be an overhaul, obviously, of what they want. And I don't know. I understand. You got scholarship limits, LaShawn. You can't just take as, as many guys as you want. But I think I'm trending more towards that four number. I just, I would love to see an overhaul and even if you bring in guys that you think that you like, you, know, you look at the kid from Hillsdale playing D2 football. It worked out really well for Van Volkenberg. He had huge numbers. We don't know for sure if that's going to translate. Flipper Anderson's kid, he's down there playing at Charleston Southern. They're bringing him in and a visit. Okay, that's all well and good, but you just don't know. I'm more of the opinion it's, it can't just be a couple guys. We need to be looking at maybe four different guys being brought in just because that wide receiver group needs so much more help. Yeah, um, I am right there on board with you because I know we talked about uh, earlier this year and we talked about the receiver room and it was looking like it was like, okay, we have like what, two scholarship guys that are uh, suited up at like one point? Like, (laughs) I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, like, I guess I guess crazy to think about. and when you think about how big a college roster is, I mean, heck, even NFL teams, they'll dress like six receivers on the active roster. And I mean, you, we gotta, you gotta have at least probably five kind of scholarship guys that are dressed up. And obviously I know, I know there's, there's fantastic walk-ons um, at the Iowa football program and among football programs around the country. And a bunch of times, yeah, those guys do end up being really, really good players, but having, it's never a bad thing to have more talented guys in a room and being where Iowa was in the passing game last year. And you look at the receiver production from last year and it's not like these guys aren't talented. I mean, Charlie Jones was in the room. I know everyone's sick of hearing about him, but I mean, he went to, yeah. he, I mean, he went to Purdue and was, I think he's what leading had most receiving yards in power five this year, or he's top three or something like that. So like, <laughs> like it's not like these guys aren't talented, but you got to get more of those guys in the room, building off each other, training off each other, getting each other better because it's only going to make the offense that much better. So yeah, you're, you're right on point where we, it's got to be an entire overhaul of the room. And I don't even know how many recruits Robert Seaver recruits think we have in the class right now for 2023. I think it might be two maybe. And yeah. most of the time, yeah. And most of the time the, the athletes that get recruited, uh, usually end up playing on the defensive side of the football. So you're not really expecting too much help from, from those guys. So it's like, hey, it's got to be overhaul. We got to just start. <laughs> I mean, not saying just, hey, 
offering everyone <laughs> that right. put their name in the transfer portal, but still, you got to give it a good shot and you got to try to get as many of those guys in as you can. So, yeah, build I'm right the there with up. you. Yeah, you got to build the numbers it, up. Well, it, it's funny you say that because, yeah, the game, the, I think it was a South Dakota State game where it was just Arlen and, and maybe one other scholarship guy that was even available for that game. Mm-hmm. You think about it. You, at times, are playing five wide receivers. At minimum, you're playing two. I, I know there's a few personnel groups where you just have one out there, but yeah. two, three, four wide receiver looks, and you get two. I mean, think if Iowa only had two or three scholarships. Hold on, you like sounded like a robot there for like a second. <laughs> what was that? What was that last part? I think he's a he's a good player, really good player. Um, I see lost out to extremely talented quarterback over there at uh, um, Michigan and uh, McCarthy, uh, who kind of I guess I lost him. Guys, so uh, yeah, I think Cade McNamara is a really, really good football player. Um, I know wins aren't a quarterback stat, but <laughs> I know wins aren't a quarterback stat. But when you have a guy who can you know, lead a team and uh, keep the, the turnovers down to a minimum and control the football and help move the offense and make plays, uh, that's really what you're looking for. And I know Cade isn't necessarily coming to Iowa to be a game manager, right? He wants to be a, a game changer for the Iowa football program at the quarterback position. And uh, I think he has that potential to be able to do that. Um, anytime you can help lead a team to a, to a college football playoff berth, you usually assume that that guy is probably pretty good. And, I mean, it's not like his, his stats or anything um, to slouch over either, right? So he's – probably going to be dealing with a little bit of less talent at the skill, at least at the wide receiver skill position. It might be what he's used to. Um, but that's part of the reason why, you, again, you got to go out and get some of these uh, transfer receivers and get some more scholarship guys in that room because see so the tight end room is, is pretty good. Running back room is pretty good right now. And um, he's going to have some weapons to deal with, to, to play with. So it's going to be exciting to see him, get into this Iowa offense. And I'm excited to see kind of how the offense ends up changing with him at the helm and as an experienced quarterback who's made plays and who's won a lot of football games. So I'm ex- really excited to see him, um, you know, get into the program, get chemistry with, with a bunch of the teammates and hopefully change the offense around come, come this upcoming fall. So. Oh, I lost him again. I lost him again. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, 
Uh, okay. So, hello, everyone. Trent's having issues on this end of the pod. So, I'm just going to try to wrap it up for, for the end of us, for, for us today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got a bunch of guys coming in and official visits this week. And it's exciting to to get some of those guys in and see what, what Iowa football is all about. Um, obviously, when you, can, when you bring in uh, a guy like Cade and you actually have guys like that at, at their quarterback position, um, dudes want to play with other dudes, right? And when you when you look at that and you see one of the biggest transport portal quarterbacks come, come to your football program, um, it definitely helps out a bunch with uh with getting talented people in. So I know that Coach Ferentz and the staff are going to be working pretty hard to to really overhaul the offense because as they they like they're they're not blind. They they have eyes. They know they know exactly what is what was going wrong with the offense. Um obviously they just keep it keep it really hush hush to the media and to the public because I mean as much as you guys want to have as much information as possible they really honestly they probably just don't feel like giving all that out, but they know they know the issues with the offense and um, getting a quarterback in like that's going to be great. Um, definitely making some moves on the offensive line is going to be great, and that's something that's kind of under that's been understated as well. Um, I think it started to gain a little bit more traction towards the end of the football season when uh, you know we were winning games and the quarterbacks were still getting pressured quite a bit. Um, they realized that, hey, offensive line is going to be still a uh, target of need right now. And um, as long as we're looking at some transfer offensive line guys and possibly getting Proctor uh, in, a, in an old line will be great. And then I think there's another four-star recruit in, in the class, which, again, is going to be very, very helpful for the Iowa football program to help build back up that offensive line to get back to what Coach Ferentz and the staff envision their offensive line to be. So uh, I'm looking forward to the moves that uh, the staff makes. I know things have been quiet right now over the last uh, week, ever since really Cade committed, um, because we've had a bunch of guys that have entered the transfer portal. And, um, you know, it's sad to see those guys go. But, again, that's that's the new way of college football now. So it's a little bit different. Um, I have some opinions, um, good, bad, and indifferent about the transfer portal, but I do think it is a good thing that, that essentially guys get to really move around without a penalty to to figure out their target destination and what where they should be and how exactly the, the right fit for them instead of essentially being locked into a place over four four or five years and you know just being unhappy. So um with that said, guys, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I know that Trent had all the uh, had uh, the rest of the topics for today, but I figured I'd just round us out with, uh, you know, shout out to the basketball team keeping it Hawkeye State, both the men's and women's, did a great job over the past couple couple nights and bringing it back. And um, that's pretty much all I get for forgot for you guys today. So, oh, here we go. And the man, I was just speaking on. <laughs> I made it right back. Um, I'm back. Can you hear me? Okay. I still, it looks a little iffy when I'm looking at my connection speed here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can hear you good now. Uh, okay. Good now, all right. So it sounds, sounds all right. Um, I basically, it just, 
talk more about the about the transfer portal and um yeah you know just kind of where Iowa is as offense right now and talk a little bit kind of about the offensive line and possibly getting Proctor I know he's gotten more offers and he's taken visits but um you know I'm excited to see him and then I think there's another four-star recruit that's coming offensive line that's coming so again they they're gonna have potential to really overhaul this offense and um we'll see we'll see what what happens with it and um where they go from there so yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, LaShawn, really appreciate it. A quick thought on basketball. That was fun to watch last night too, huh? Yes, yes. How about the Tony Quokin, <laughs> uh, Perkins poster? Oh. So, like, I had looked, like, I had looked away for for a little bit, and then literally, like, right when I turned it back on, he got the steal and the dunk. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, let's go. <laughs> like, I was pretty pumped about that. So, um, Tony yeah, was, was too. T- yeah. Old saucy T. He he's got a little emotion out there. I I just love the guy. Hmm. Hmm. He's hollering as he's running up the floor. He's he's such a fun <laughs> player to watch. He really is. And just, just showing that emotion. To do that without Chris Murray, you know, kind of that circle the wagon kind of moment. We've talked about that in the football side. Fray McCaffrey, credit to him and the program that he has built. 500th career victory last night, over half of them at the University of Iowa. He's done a great job of rebuilding that program and getting them back up to, you know, a nature where year in and year out, you know, they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. They're going to be competing in the top half of the Big Ten. Yeah, well, we love to see a Sweet 16, a deep run in March. Absolutely. But you keep getting there, it's going to eventually happen. A lot of fun to see. And yeah, four out of five against Iowa State. Yeah, that's not too bad either, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's good. That's what you want. That's exactly what you want. I mean, um, anytime you get to beat that, be your in-state rival, it always feels good. Um, it always feels good, and it's exciting. And yeah, and it was a great environment as well. I mean, again, we had official visits there last night. I mean, they got they got to tune into a great game, kind of uh, see the Hawkeye fans uh, show up and show out for the basketball team. And um, yeah, this the, the Iowa basketball team, they're 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 pretty good. I think they're right now they're obviously working on some consistency things. I mean, there's times where they look fantastic and there's times where, you know, they don't look as good. But we're early in the year, early in the year. And if you can get into the dance, it gives yourself a, a shot. So I'm excited to continue to watch them for the rest of the year. No doubt. Well, enjoy the weekend, LaShawn. We'll talk to you again next week. I'll check on these gremlins here that got into my internet connection and we'll be all good <laughs> to go before next week. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Go Hawks.